Welcome to No Challenges Remaining for day four of the 2023 US Open. I'm Ben Rothenberg. Again, doing something a bit different today. I am joined by my dear friend Andrew Eccles. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Who you may know from his various tennis writing, his work for Racket on social media. Uh, but we're here to talk about your experience yesterday at the U.S. Open, where you went to a tennis tournament for the first time in years mm-hmm. at the night session of day three of the U.S. Open. And I'm curious just for you, let's just people who maybe don't know you as well, what has been sort of your journey in tennis, finding the sport, and then also sort of your relationship to it over these last few years, a bit close, following it, but also a bit at a distance? Yeah, sure. So my kind of window into the WTA was, into tennis was the WTA, so um when I was like a teenager, you know, I kind of grew up watching like Molly Moresmo. I was a big uh, Dinara Savina fan. And um, yeah, so I was kind of really brought in kind of in that era. And then kind of players like Caroline Wozniacki became kind of the the people who kind of really brought me into this. Sarah world. Arani. Sarah Arani. I want, I want to make it clear how, how unique your taste is. Marion Bartoli. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, so th- these are the people who really um, brought me in. Patty Schneider. So, so yeah, I've been following for a long time and then kind of got into various tennis writing. The more the years went on and, you know, now and have ended up very thankfully. Started writing for Racket um, sometimes and also doing social media for them. Um, and I'm generally present on tennis Twitter. Yeah, so that's really been my my path into tennis. And you watch a lot of tennis. I watch a lot of tennis, yeah. I mean, I am a huge fan, obviously. I fork out all the money for Tennis Channel Plus and, you know, hope for the best <laughs> throughout the year. Um, but no, yeah, I watch, watch a lot of tennis. Um, I'm very into into everything. And I've really gotten more into the ATP over the years as well. And I'm especially really excited now um, with this kind of new generation ATP, actually. I think that I had kind of some fatigue with the big three, which kind of held me back from being a huge fan of men's tennis. Sure. But now, kind of with things changing, I, um, I'm i really interested in the kind of Alcaraz, Rude, Rune, Medvedev kind of group of folks. And I just kind of, I actually feel like the men's tour is getting more dynamic now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. So what had, I guess you've been watching a lot of tennis, writing about a lot of tennis. Yeah. You live in New York and you lived in D.C. previously, cities with tournaments. What had made you not want to go to a tournament before? And I guess what made you want to change your mind and go to day three? Day night three, rather, of the 2023 US Open. Yeah, so I mean, I've definitely been to like plenty of tournaments in the past. So, you know, I kind of when I lived in the UK, I'd done, you know, Eastbourne. And when I'd lived in Switzerland, I'd done some Davis Cup stuff. And then I'd done the ATP finals, things like that. And I had been to the US Open before. Um, I'd actually been in the in Ash for the Lucas Puy, Rafael Nadal. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a five really setter. good one. Yeah, a good five setter. And so I, I had been around, but it's been a few years since I've been. Honestly, I think that the. Um, The pandemic had a huge impact on it. Sure. I was, I think, one of the people who was really nervous to kind of return back to anywhere that was that was very crowded. And I have found it difficult to kind of get back, especially to kind of big sporting events and big stadiums. So I've I've been hesitant to go back. And also I feel like tennis was really heavily impacted by it. I kind of felt like the the mood of tennis changed a little bit, seeing all the empty stadiums. I actually took a break from watching tennis for a while just because it, it was kind of a difficult transition to see that happen, basically. So I, I, I paused doing that. And yeah, I, I kind of have felt like it's been time to come back. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think my fiancé was like, we we have to do this. <laughs> so it was actually him who who um, got the tickets and kind of said, hey, I've got them, we're going. And I'm very thankful that he did because it was, it was really great to be back. 
like on site. Just like what you were saying on the pandemic. I mean, I've been just finished writing this Nami Osaka book, and so I've been going back into a lot of pandemic, just rewatching and revisiting a lot of pandemic timeline stuff. When she won the totally empty U.S. Open, and she obviously won Australia, which was mostly empty a lot of times, and then she also played, you know, had her withdrawal at the French Open, which was still very affected by pandemic measures, and there was maybe like ten percent of the crowd in the one match she played the French Open this year, and yeah, and darting back into that timeline, it can be bleak. I mean, looking back on it, even just two years later, it's like, oh, that was... I feel like we all kind of put a brave face on how, like, bizarre that was at yeah, the time. it was very, very strange, and it was very, very um, unnerving to see something that has been, like, such a, such a source of, like, joy, basically, be affected in that way. And, like, I, I actually kind of enjoyed the sort of, like, collegiate vibes of the US Open, I think the first year of the pandemic, when most of the players would be sitting in kind of the sponsor boxes, yeah. watching each other play and stuff. Like, I kind of enjoyed watching that on TV, but I do think that was also slightly just a coping mechanism. It was, it was um, welcome at the time. Yeah, we needed that at the yeah, time. Yeah, it felt like at least you could see that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely affected my view of the sport. And then I think anything else controversial that happened in the sport then felt elevated. And there's been a lot. And there's been a lot. It felt elevated because of that. So... It's been a very strange kind of few years. And I think this is, you know, obviously not just true, true for tennis fans, but for everyone. But it does change your relationship with the sport. So it's nice to kind of be rebuilding that relationship and being back on site and, you know, seeing... I, I love night tennis, sorry. Um, Don't apologize. I, Who doesn't like night tennis? I love night tennis. I'm perfectly comfortable with matches going to two o'clock in the morning. Okay. That's <laughs> different than night tennis, but fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was really nice to be there kind of under electric light, watching some tennis, you know, a real court, the real sounds of the crowd. It was, it was really great. So what were your expectations for going back to tennis at the US Open 2023? And how did the experience match up with those expectations? Yeah, I... I think last time I was at the US Open, it didn't feel quite so crowded. <laughs> it's been, that's the thing for me, too. It's been so crowded this year. It was... Like, I was saying this in the last podcast, I've never been at a tournament where it's so hard to find seats to bad matches. Right. Like, not even, like, the ones that you'd circle and be like, oh, this is going to be a good one. It's, like, literally anything. Right. It's packed this year. And, they, and they're breaking attendance records, and it's clear why. And it seems overcrowded to me, bluntly. Um, but also, like, I, I respect that they want to get people in who want to come. Um, but it's definitely, it's it's a more claustrophobic experience, I think, than before. I think entering the site was actually the most unnerving kind of part of it because there were so many people and then we were try literally just trying to queue to get a honeydew. We tried like three different lines and we had a guy in front of us tell us that he tried several because it was taking like 20, 25 minutes to get a honeydew, which was kind of crazy. So we, we actually ended up finding one inside Ash. But I feel like once we got to our seats, it was fine. Yeah. You know, Ash doesn't feel... You don't feel kind of... Um, There's so many people in there, but you don't feel on top of each other. And there are actually usually some spare seats like that you can move to, you know, that people haven't taken if you need to like get some more space for people and things. So, so that was good. But yeah, I was really shocked by how crowded it was. I think also we were arriving as the day session was leaving and the night session was arriving. So that kind of added to the crowd. But yeah, um, we got really lucky with, with who we got on Ash. You know, we got Francis Tiafo. And then I was very excited. We got Petra Kvitova, Caroline Wozniacki, which to me was like classic tennis. That yeah. was like, this is why I love the sport. So that's one of the things too, that's in, that I think people covering the sport don't talk about enough, how much of a lottery it is when you buy tickets in advance for a tournament, you have no idea what you're going to get. Oh yeah. No, we, we'd be nervously watching the schedule, you know, trying to figure out if we were going to, I mean, we were fortunate that we had, you know, Ash tickets. We would have been able to jump to other courts and things if we needed to, but we, we, we were really hoping for a good lineup on Ash, and you just never know. So, 
And like an Armstrong last night, actually, Tomjanovic pulled out, and it wasn't even that match. Right. And Trabakina. Exactly. So so it is really just, like, down to luck. My fiancé is a big TFO fan, um, as am I, and we were really excited to see him. I mean, that match was a little bit more straightforward. I think Offner wasn't really, like, up to that challenge, and also I think he was struggling with his shoulder or something. Yeah. Um, so that match was pretty straightforward, and then all the excitement of Wozniacki and Kvitova coming onto court was really great. I was a little bit sad about how many people left <laughs> after yeah. TFO because I was like, oh no, guys, this is the this is the marquee. Like, there are three major championships like on court right now. So I was like, this is the one. And I also heard people say that there was like just sort of a, a lot of noise, like people just like talking during that match. Oh, people were talking. I mean, people were talking throughout the TFO match as well. Yeah. I mean, it was very like the the most quiet it got. Actually, the whole night I was there was the TFO match point. That was, like, really quiet. That can happen, especially in Ash, on not competitive night matches. People just chatter and don't pay super close attention to the match. Yeah. And it'll only get quiet if it's something they're invested in, like a match point or something, or, hey, you know, Serena's playing or whatever, or, or something that was would really sort of get their hold their attention more closely. Yeah. I remember, I remember the first, especially when they started adding the roof, it really amplified this noise, kept it inside in a big way. I remember this one match, it was Muguruza losing to Sevastava mm. in, like, the third or fourth round, and it was, like... They never pay attention once. It's just a constant roar. It's or the, dull, dull roar. It's easily the loudest, you know, event that I've been to. Like, I've been to a few. And, like, with big, you know, like, Davis Cup, like, big rowdy crowds and stuff. But, like, they, they go quieter for the for the points. But, yeah, no, that was that was really... I mean, I'd experienced that last time I was at the US Open. I knew it was going to be loud. I knew the crowd was chatty. But it was it was fascinating. I will say the other time that the crowd was silent was, was, was whenever Petra Kvitova won a point, which was really <laughs> sad. I was sitting next to kind of the lone Petra Kvitova fan in the whole of Ash Stadium. And it was, I felt like I needed to help her applaud every time Kvitova won a point because she was really carrying the flag alone. This was your first time seeing Kvitova in person. It was. What was that like? It lived up to expectations. The, the zip of the ball off her racket was so much faster than anything else I'd seen that night. Like, it was much faster than TFO Offner. It was just, like, really coming off the racket so quick. Um, the shape of those shots was amazing. The way that it was so... <laughs> it was either on the line or it was, like, feet away from the line, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that was really amazing to see the Petra Kvitova ball in motion. I'd seen Wozniacki play before, but I hadn't seen her play this well. She was counter-punching, like, really great. Like, there was a lot of zip coming off of her backhand a lot of the time as well. She was hitting winners. Um, she had a good number of winners, actually. Yeah, in this match, yeah, she did. And it was it was a really high-quality match. Like, the crowd actually got really... in. The crowd who had stayed got a much better show than the TFO Offner match, and so they got really into it. I felt like some of the chatter during that match was more tension, whereas the TFO, I think people kind of lost interest a little bit because it was so one-sided. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of kind of tense chatter during the Wozniacki Kvitova match and, you know, some people kind of shouting things and that was really exciting. Were there things, because obviously like you said, you watch so much tennis on TV, were there things that you got in the in-person experience that you did not see on TV? I mean, definitely. If no, I mean, that's okay. TV yeah, does a good job. Yeah, TV, I actually do think TV does a really good job yeah. in tennis. I was actually thinking during the TFO Offner match, something that I have thought like a few times before when I've been on site at something, and it really does depend on the match, but during TFO Offner, I was like, oh yeah, tennis is way better on TV. Mm. <laughs> um, because you kind of have like more of a view into what's happening. Depends on where your seats are too. Depends on where your seats are. And I was kind of thinking, but then during the Kvitova-Wozniacki match, I kind of, you know, switched that 
that opinion because it was nice to actually get a proper a proper experience of what that ball is like coming off of his racket. So I think it's very player dependent as well. Like mm-hmm. seeing that in person was really was really really great, and also just seeing like the Wozniacki hustle, like the famous kind of you know like her just getting to the ball was really great. Actually, I really enjoyed seeing Wozniacki kind of run for things and get them back in the court. So those things in person I felt were really good. But yeah, no, the TV cannot capture. I don't know if I'd been watching the Wozniacki Kvitova match on TV if I would have been able to tell that the crowd was so one-sided. Because yeah. it wasn't like a, a crowd... It wasn't a big enough crowd to be just like screaming. But it was definitely like a, a huge difference between yeah. the two points. In, in my experience, the things you can get better on in person, definitely crowd, definitely atmosphere, 100%. TV does not always do... A, can't do a great job with that. And then number two, and just noise, especially if it's something like really crazy, like, you know, like the 2018 US Open final screen in Naomi where it's just insane. Mm-hmm. Or even like the loud, one of the last matches I've ever been to, I still always say, was when Heather Watson nearly beat Serena at Wimbledon. It was deafening in center court. It was so stupidly loud in mm-hmm. there. And I remember that very viscerally from being in there. And then just sort of more lyrical things. And if you want to add little details for writing, if you want to add details to stories about what things sound like, what things look like, little little moments here and there to make things more poetic, that's great. If you're being like a news reporter and need to cover what happens in the match, you're often better off watching on a monitor of some kind because, you know, especially like arguments with the chair empire, you have no idea what's happening if you're in the stands. Mm-hmm. Other sort of like rules things, other injuries that happen, like you you get a much, much better view of those things and, and hear those things with the mics on a TV broadcast than you do. So yeah, so if you're like live vlogging or something, a tennis match, which I've done for like the New York Times or whoever else, like you're much better off watching on a, on, a, on a feed. Ideally a raw feed with no commentators. I also noticed as well that you cannot hear the automatic line calls from Oh, that's the a big problem. Yeah. That's one of the biggest problems for me in current tennis is that Hawkeye Live does not make it cl- apparent immediately what happens. There's no mm. visual cue. No, I was actually... The audio is not even consistent. So here's my pitch. <laughs> because I was thinking this during the match because like I was thinking, okay, I cannot hear these calls so I'm just waiting for the replay or for the scoreboard to update to tell me like who that's, just wants to That's really point. anticlimactic. Yeah, it's not good. So I, I honestly, I mean, aside from just bringing back line judges, which I know is what a lot of people would prefer, I think they should just have little lights where the line judges used to stand and it just turns red if it was out. Like, I, so here's what I think. I think like, the US Open specifically, they have those Buick, I believe, logos on the net. Mm-hmm. And they should just sort of like glow red like brake lights when someone hits the ball out. Perfect. Yeah. Just some visual. Just some red light some that visual. says out because it you cannot hear it at no, all. No, it's a big problem in person especially. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So that that was really interesting. I had no idea it was going to be that quiet um, in terms of the calls. The other thing I actually really like about being in person is hearing like the people who do and do not know what's going on in the crowd. Yeah. And like hearing people ask each other questions and like be like, oh, like what does tie break mean? Like, how does this work? And then their friend explaining to them, like, oh, they're going to take turns serving and, like, that kind of thing. I really enjoy hearing that. And on a basic level, I also like hearing people get things wrong. Yeah, exactly. The people who explain things and explain them wrong is really Confident fun. wrong. Yeah, exactly. I also really enjoyed this... Pro- this like if you ever in qualifying, there's, like, a seed in qualifying. It's, like, number 14 qualifying. It's, like, that's the number one four player in the world. It's, like, no, it's not. Right, right. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> and the other thing this is, is like... two fifty. <laughs> you get little details. Like, I had, a, like, a row of, like, French um, guys near me who kept trying to get that French... Um, crowd um chant going. Ba, 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 da, da. 
Exactly. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that in a stadium. I've never have. Yeah. So these guys kept trying. They tried during TFO's match. They tried during Wozniacki <laughs> Kvitova's match. Nobody else in the crowd knew what they were doing. It was really funny. And so, like, I really enjoyed that that That's line great. of people. That's great. Little exchange <laughs> students trying their best in exactly, this culture. It's exactly. Wonderful. And I did hear one person try to start singing Sweet Caroline, but they started to try and get, like, the crowd singing it during, like, the middle of a game like mm. before and I was like well this isn't the moment like no. we need to do this so there was little details like that that were really fun in person well thank you very much for being really fun in person here Andrew <laughs> look forward to reading more of your stuff in the future yes and thanks for being here thanks man bye folks